0: today on Real Life Radio.
1: God is coming after you. He's coming after you with love, hope, forgiveness, and grace. He, that's his invitation to a lost world. And you need to respond because eventually there's judgment coming. And he wants you to be free from that judgment.
0: This is Real Life. Welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception, like a virus, will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibb's new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he exposes the lies with knowledge, experience, and scripture. In a world of deceit, this book is a powerful tool for answers and for truth. From the inspiring forward written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapter, Living in the Days of Deception is a powerful must-read. Let the deception of this world stop here. Order Living in the Days of Deception today by making a gift of any amount to the ministry of real life. Order now and you'll receive exclusive bonus video content by Pastor Jack. Go to jackhibbs.com days. That's D-A-Z-E, days. jackhibbs.com slash days. On today's edition of Real Life Radio... Pastor Jack now continues his series called Futures with a message titled, For Such a Time As This. This series is a study in what the Bible says about heaven, about the future, and why all that matters in our lives today. You see, a future in heaven compels us to the truth of the Bible, that we are his people and we are the ones that he's chosen for such a time as this. Today, Pastor Jack teaches that in the book of Esther, God had prepared this beautiful woman for a mission to save her people. And like Esther, God is preparing us for the plan that he has for our lives. Now with his message called, For Such a Time as This, here's pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs.
1: pray that you would now, Lord, christen your word to our hearts and God that we would be a people in this day and age that are being led by your Holy Spirit, Father, that we would be a people galvanized and sent into this world around us. We pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit's power to be witnesses for your name's glory. And Father, also that the hour is late, the world is what it is, and we ask you, Father, that in the midst of it all, that right here with us, that you would shave away, strip away the veneer of anything that is pretend. We don't want to pretend church. We don't want to pretend Christianity. We don't want to pretend that we know God. We don't want to pretend that we read the Bible. Lord, we want to do all these things in authenticity. We don't want to do church. We want to be the church. And we ask you, Father, that more than ever, Lord, from our own homes and our streets in which we live on our communities, and Lord, to the end of this continent, Father, and beyond, that we would honor you. We pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. amen. You guys know for these last several months, we've been looking at the future series, and it's been deliberately and intentionally brought to you because of not only the days and the age in which we live in, but how we need to know what the Bible speaks about the future. And what God does in the Bible is that he gives us his word, and think about it. The the youngest part of the Bible for us, the New Testament, specifically the book of Revelation, uh, is 2,000 years old. But when you go back to the Old Testament and you read the great prophets of Israel, you come to the quick conclusion that Though those prophets spoke thousands and thousands of years ago, the relevance of what they spoke is not only now, but it is yet to come. Only God's word can do that. And that's why we hold the Bible in high esteem. And God's word speaks to us. It's alive. It's it's living. I was asked this week, how can we know for sure that the Bible is true? For example, I was asked... Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, but how did he know? How did he know Genesis and Adam and Eve and all that kind of stuff? And I said, well, the scripture answers that in the New Testament that the Holy Spirit spoke to Moses and authored the first five books, just like the Holy Spirit has authored all 66 books of the Bible. And then the person came back and said, but how do we know that that's true? And that's a great question. Good good question. The answer is because of Bible prophecy. Church, listen. That's why prophecy is so foundational and so important. God is the only one. The God of the Bible has revealed history in advance. It's called prophecy. And when he writes history down in advance, then he expects you and I to have our Bibles open and to be watching and waiting for these events that he's written about to happen. And listen, this is what's fun. Every one of the prophetic prophecies given by God in his word that have been fulfilled... 100% of them have been fulfilled literally. Which means, that's right, which means the remaining prophecies that shall be fulfilled will be fulfilled literally. So what we're talking about as believers is how do we live at a time like this where our world seems to be falling apart, seems to be upside down, seems to be crazy. But that's not true because we know the word of God and what God's word says. Everything's falling right into Place Nothing's coming apart. Things are coming together. And what looks like hopelessness to the world is hope for the believer. It all depends on how you see and how you look. And I'm happy to report that as Bible-believing followers of Christ, we look through a biblical worldview. We look through this book, and that's how we see the world around us. And when we live like that, that immediately sets us up in obedience to heaven— while at the same time, opposition to this world and to hell itself. And so church, we're going to be looking at someone today that normally you would never think of as being a, uh, a player or even a book of Bible prophecy, and yet it is. And today it'll be a book that speaks to us as we glean a part out of it. And that is the book of Esther today. And we're going to be looking at a key portion of scripture Father, we pray that the very presence of your Holy Spirit to think that we're reading right now your word that was authored some 2,600 years ago, uh, your Holy Spirit's here today to illuminate your truth again to us and our generation. So Father, we pray that as we get into this, you would speak to us now. We pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. 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 You can be seated for such a time as this. That is an affectionate term. It has been used uh, throughout generations and devotional books and commentators in their writings have often said and made uh, modern day application to their generation that who knows, but you have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. We've, we hear that all the time and so we should. And the challenge as it has been these weeks is, but do we believe this? For such a time as this, how big is your God? Does he orchestrate, does he manifest himself in his sovereignty to be in control and to be in charge? And that is a great challenge because many of us today will look around the world and we'll see the injustice and the pain and the brutality and the violence And the ugliness of human life. And we'll throw up our arms and ask the question, where's God? In fact, isn't that the big indictment of the unbelieving world? If you believe in a loving God, then why is all this happening? And I understand their question. Before I became a Christian, that was my question. But then when you pick up the Bible and read about it, that's exactly where the answer comes to us from because the Bible says this world is a painful place with horrible pain and suffering because this is a world that is adrift, alienated from God. This is a world that is departed from God. It is a world that has said, we don't want God to rule over our lives. And listen, you can't, you can't have it both ways. If you say, I don't want God to rule in my life, then listen, when you crash your, your nose into the wall, you cannot blame God for the wall being there. <laughs> You're running without God. And that's the great dichotomy of the world in which we're in today. A world of darkness and a world of light. Depends on where you look. Depends on what you're focusing on. But the events that have led up to this moment, this harrowing moment of Esther is pretty awesome. It reads like a classic novel or a Hollywood script. You all know this, that there's the beautiful damsel by the name of Hadessa. Really? Her name's not Esther, as you and I know that. You know, Hebrew. Her name's Hadessa. Her Babylonian pagan name was given to her by the name of Esther, which is uh, to be named after an ancient Babylonian goddess, Ishtar, uh, which, by the way, we get the word "easter. Did you know that? Easter is the pagan worship of Eshtar, the Babylonian goddess. And Esther is named after that Babylonian goddess. Now, uh, just a little side note, we're coming up on what we would say as believers, Resurrection Sunday morning. Okay, well, it's Easter. Well, it's not about bunnies. It's not about chocolate eggs. It's interesting because, listen, the pagan world will always try to mask God's reality with knockoffs and detractors.
0: You're listening to Real Life with Pastor Jack Hibbs. You know, to hear more episodes and maybe catch up in the series, just go to jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. And for now, let's get back to our teaching. Once again, here's Pastor Jack.
1: So it's just like everything in life, light, dark, true, false. We're going to be coming up on the celebration. It depends on how you look. But depends on what you're looking through. You're either going to celebrate celebrate bunnies and chocolate and a day to sleep in or you're going to get up early and you're going to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And so keep that in mind. So there's Esther the beautiful damsel and she is beautiful. You'll hear a little bit more about that. The Bible says she's beautiful. When the Bible says someone's beautiful, they must be. And the Bible says she was beautiful in all forms. That means she had a beautiful mind, it means she had beautiful teeth, it means that she had a beautiful body, it means that she had beautiful hair. Just like think about what the Bible says about David, David was a handsome man when the Bible says when the bible the holy spirit says he 's handsome he 's handsome that, when the Bible says Absalom was a handsome man, that, now that guy 's looks got him in trouble, but Saul was a handsome man, the Bible says, and we know that uh, Ruth was a handsome or handsome. I mean, Ruth was a beautiful girl. (laughs) Can you be a handsome girl? That's kind of weird. But Esther was uh, a beautiful woman, the Bible tells us. And this is a a tremendous story for sure. Remarkable story. Then there's the gentle, kind, loving Uncle Mordecai in the story. He actually, if you read all that, the scripture through yeah, she was adopted by him. And uh, raised by him, Mordecai. Mordecai was an an amazing man of character. We know from the book of Esther. He was a man of strong convictions. I laugh because he's a man. He, I think I would hope Mordecai would feel comfortable in this church. Because you know why? He got in trouble. Because he wouldn't bow to the crazy demands that offended God by his local government. His gov, the, the government he lived in uh, made demands of all the Jews that they would bow to this pagan uh, decree. And, and Mordecai wouldn't bow. And, and it set him up against a culture But here we are reading about him in the Bible. then there's the King Ahasuerus. Uh, That's a title. We know him by his name, Xerxes. And uh, he was the ruler of the known part of the world at that time. In fact, in Esther chapter 1, verse 1, listen to this. The Bible says, now it came to pass in those days of Ahasuerus, this was the Ahasuerus who reigned over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. In those days when King Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom. Massive dominance of this man's power. So you've got the king and you've got now Esther who's queen. We don't need to get into, we'll wait for the study of the book, how Vashti uh, became deposed as queen and Esther was brought in and established as queen and the dynamics behind that. But then there's the man who... uh, you may or may not know of, uh, if you've read your Bible, you've heard of this guy by the name of Haman. Yeah. Very good. Did, you know what happened up here? These people started to hiss. Whenever you hear the name Haman in Israel, if you're Jewish, you're supposed to hiss. And um, it's a mockery uh, Purim, the Feast of Purim. Is all about Haman being destroyed by the sovereign work of God in the lives of Mordecai, King Ahasuerus, and Esther, uh, because as we'll see today, and this is how it ties into our message, Haman was an anti-Semite. Haman wanted every Jew to be killed. Haman made plans to eradicate from the world every Jew. And that was his plan, and he was obsessed with that plan. He was the second most powerful man in all of the kingdom, but he wasted all of his energy and all of his power and all of his uh, tremendous responsibility writing executive orders. I mean, I mean, writing an order, writing an order to destroy all the Jews instead of doing something with his power. He just wanted to go after everything that God was establishing. And Haman became obsessed and accomplished nothing, actually it turns out, but to destroy his own life and the life of his family. He was a man given over to jealousy and rage. The Bible tells us in Esther chapter 3 verse 2 that Mordecai the Jew would not bow or pay homage to Haman. Can you imagine? Everybody's bowing down, and there's Haman. And remember, he hated the Jews, so here comes this Jew. And I'm telling you, I want to see this. I hope God replays this in heaven. Everybody's bowing down, and Haman is like, yes. Think about him like an Antichrist type. The Antichrist wants everyone, he's going to want everyone to bow to him, bow to him, right? But the tribulation saints, they won't bow to him. The remnant believing house of Israel, they will not bow to him. So everyone's bowing, and there's Haman oh, all excited and getting, you know, this narcissistic weirdness going on. And then here go, here comes old man Mordecai. He's just, right? And he, who knows if he just can go, you know, at Haman, or he just walks by and, But Haman was obsessed with this Jew who wouldn't bow. Obsessed. The Bible tells us also that in Esther chapter four, verse 14, as we read a moment ago, for if you remain completely silent at this time, Mordecai says to now Queen Esther, his adopted niece... Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. In other words, girl, don't miss your opportunity here. You think you got your job being the queen because you're a cutie? God's working. This whole thing, Esther, God is working. And He's working out a deliverance of His people. So don't think for a moment, Esther, that you being cute and you being the queen, you're gonna escape the wrath. Of this angry Ahasuerus, Xerxes, who is going to eradicate the Jews based upon the coercion of Haman. You're not going to escape. When they find out, in other words, when they find out, Esther, that you're a Jew, your head's coming off like everybody else. Tremendous statement. And so that word goes on to say, and I love it, yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this, and that's our point today, church. Who knows? Listen, can you hear me? Anybody? Uh, I can honestly say this. I mean this with all my heart. I want to assume that every one of you are born-again believers following Jesus Christ today, but let's say there's somebody in here that's not a believer that's following Jesus in life today. I, I can still say this with what I believe conviction that who knows but whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Number one, the believers in this house right here, right now, God is saying to you, who knows but for you now that you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I believe the answer is yes because my God wastes nothing He wastes nothing, not a moment. And the fact of the matter is that you are alive right now, Christian, no matter what or where you may be or who you may be, you are living right now by the awesome decree of God. It's God's will that you be alive right now. To not believe that is to fall into fear, is to fall into depression, is to fall into meaningless existence. And who wants that? But to the unbeliever or the one today that's not following Jesus, I want to say to you right now, listen, you think you moseyed on in here today? You think you just listened to the bribes of your friends that they'll buy you breakfast after service? That's why you came? You think that you're watching right now or you're tuning in because, uh, you know, it's what you ought to do? I got news for you. The God of the Bible is announcing to you, who knows, but for such a time as this that you're listening to the things of the kingdom. God is coming after you. He's coming after you with love, hope, forgiveness, and grace. That's his invitation to a lost world. And you need to respond because eventually there's judgment coming. And he wants you to be free from that judgment. He wants you to be rescued from all of that. So the truth of the matter is, we're looking at this today regarding this 21st century. That God has application for our lives. He's appointed us to this purpose. And that he's given us really what we would call perhaps a big idea. And that big idea is God's in control. Christian, God is in control. in all the things of life that dishevel you know that God's in control. He, he never ha- He never once told us, you need to understand what I'm doing in the world. Do you know that God never said that now. Jack, sit down. You need to understand everything I'm doing. He, he's never said it, He's not saying it, and He'll never say it. Right. You understand why? Because it takes faith to follow Him. When He says, I got this, yes. faith says, mm, Okay, yes, Lord, you I'm, I'm backing away from it. You got it. Yes. Okay, doubt says. Uh, it's okay, God, I'll take it from here <laughs> because I can't trust you. I'm terrified. I got to control this. Esther was in that place of, hey, I'm the queen. I don't want to get involved and nobody knows I'm Jewish. And Mordecai comes with absolute truth in reality. In Daniel chapter four, verse 17, the Bible says, know that the most high rules over the kingdoms of the world. (laughs) You know who believed that, by the way? You might be shocked to find this out. Ben Franklin put it this way, God governs in the affairs of men. Isn't that cool? God governs in the affairs of men. In fact, can you guys put up that? Do you have a low... uh, Yeah, did you, look at this. This is the cartoon. This is one of his, uh, in one of his books, in one of his uh, science books. At the top, that's um, Ben Franklin's actual writing. And you see the writing, by the way, see those glasses? And you see the line in the middle? Do you know why there's a line in the middle? That's right, he invented the bifocal glasses among many other things. But Ben Franklin had written, that's what's, the bottom uh, makes clear what's written at the top. He says, the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see uh, this truth that God governs in the affairs of men. Ben Franklin wrote that. Remarkable.
0: Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Life Radio with his message called For Such a Time as This. Thanks for being here today. You know, this message is part of Pastor Jack's series called Futures. It's a series on prophetic scripture and what those scriptures mean for us today. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Life Radio.
1: Hey, this is Jack Hibbs here, and I want to encourage you to get our brand new book, Living in the Days of Deception. This book is specifically written to help you and I navigate these very deceptive times. Here's a special offer. Yes, it is available wherever books are sold. However, right here at jackhibbs.com, if you order it here with us, you will get and only get right here four video teachings where I address certain aspects of the book with you personally. And so we look forward to you getting your own copy, Living in the Days of Deception, right here at jackhibbs.com, and you can get the four exclusive bonus teachings as well. Living in the Days of Deception
0: by Jack Hibbs is available for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com slash days. That's D-A-Z-E, days. Once again, jackhibbs.com slash D-A-Z-E.
1: You know, in a hectic world, it's hard to find a moment's peace. A beautiful sunrise on a quiet beach gives temporary solace. But daily inspiration that will guide and uplift our spirits is what we need the most. It's why people of all ages are turning to devotions with Jack Hibbs. There's a new devotion each week, and previous devotions you can go to to start each day with purpose and hope. Jack Hibbs devotions are available on our website at jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com, where faith meets real life.
0: You know, Jack Hibbs truly believes that we are living in some of the most exciting days in history, which brings some great opportunities to share with the world a powerful, no-nonsense presentation of the gospel to this generation, who, by the way, are really searching for answers and for truth. Will you stand with us in sharing this message in real and practical ways? We ask that you commit to support real life and the teachings of Jack Hibbs with a gift of your choosing. Simply go to jackhibbs.com. There you'll find instructions on how to give a one-time gift or a recurring gift. If you'd prefer to call, here's that phone number, 877-777-2346. One more time, 877-777-2346. Your gift will be faithfully put to work because it's our desire that through Jesus Christ, you will know real life. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Life Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time. Here on Real Life Radio.